Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here, and it is once again the Sunday Night Battle Cry. I'm glad to be back with you. I'm really glad to be home. I spent a lot of time on the road this week. We'll talk about that later on. We'll see if I can make it to later on. I'm tired. It was a late night last night. I left Philly and flew home. I think I got on the plane around 4 a.m., got home at about 7.30 a.m. So yeah, yeah, it was a week of travel all over the place. Again, we'll talk about that later. Lots of stuff in the news this week, and most of it really bad news for the left, really bad news for the Democrats. And so as you're watching this, if you're a person of the right like I am, and you're watching all the stuff that's going on, if you're watching the polling and all of that, don't get cocky. I'm serious. Don't get cocky. And what do I mean by that? I mean, now is the time to work. If you're going to go out and you're going to be involved in elections for good conservative people, go do it now, right? Don't just think, oh, they're going to win. It's going to be a landslide. I think it's going to be a tsunami, not just a wave election. I think it's going to be a tsunami, but we can't get cocky. And I got to say the left, they know how to cheat, right? And when I say cheat, I don't necessarily mean just cheating with ballots. I mean, the media is going to pull stuff. All kinds of crazy stuff is going to happen before we get to those elections in November. So your job, the action item for today is don't get cocky, keep working. That's what we got to do. This is not the time to rest. Our opponents are on the run. This is the time to chase them down and squish them, electorally speaking. All right, gas right now going to an average of five bucks a gallon, over five bucks a gallon this weekend. This is the highest in history. This is what it keeps doing. It's going up and up and up and up. And it looks like no end in sight. So I think Americans are going to experience the gas crunch at the pump. I'm hearing about people running out of gas because they can't afford to put a full tank in. I'm hearing about young people telling me they can't afford to fill their tank anymore. I'm hearing about people having to make decisions about food versus gasoline. This is serious stuff. And you know what the Democrats have to say about it? They do have an answer, I'm proud to say, they actually have a plan for what you should do about the high price of gasoline. What you should do about the high price of gasoline, according to Democrats, is buy a Tesla. Yeah, buy a Tesla. I think they're 80,000 bucks or something. Maybe you can get some electric cars for 50, $55,000. This is what the left is suggesting. You know why? Because these high energy prices, they're a feature of the left. This is not a bug in the system. They don't care that you're paying high energy prices. They like you to pay energy prices that are super high because as Joe Biden said, this is an incredible transition. In other words, he wants you punished with high gas prices because he thinks that's going to make you, what, go out and buy an electric car that you can't afford, one that won't drive as far as you need it to drive, one that's way more money than you have. See, because these policies come from woke, white, leftists in the city right these are the self-appointed ruling elite they're definitely financially elite they didn't get hit by the pandemic like you did like regular working folks did because they all work from home they all are computer jockeys they could all sit at their desk and do their zoom calls in their pajamas you know these are all pajama boys and girls anyway and so they think that it's no problem for you to have to buy an electric uh electric car and here's the amazing part about the whole thing to me you got to ask yourself this question is it immoral to buy an electric car? Is it immoral, right? According to the leftist mantra, let's say, according to what it actually does. And the answer is, yeah, it's totally immoral. Why? 
because lithium, which is the primary component in these batteries, is mostly strip mined. It takes literally tens of thousands of pounds of strip mining to make a single battery for all the components. A lot of it's done with slave labor. A lot of it's done with child labor. A lot of these batteries are put together in China with child labor. And then they have all these toxic components and they have no idea what they're going to do with them when they get rid of them. By the way, the stuff is mined with gigantic mining machines, these huge, gigantic building-sized tractors that burn hundreds and hundreds of thousands of gallons of diesel fuel. And then where do you think the electricity comes from? Like, you know where it comes from. I know where it comes from. I think people on the left, these environmental wackos, they think it comes out of thin air. But the reality is it comes from coal-fired plants. It comes from gas-fired plants. It comes from nuclear power plants. That's where it comes from. So there's no such thing. It's not carbon-free because it's an electric car. There's all kinds of, quote-unquote, carbon that's off-put because of this process from the diesel trucks that dig it up, right, from the, the big shipping container uh, ships that ship it overseas back and forth. And then, of course, from all the power that has to be generated to charge the battery. But this is the left. They're, they're nothing if not inconsistent. That's their only consistency is they're entirely inconsistent and hypocritical, right? They they're two-faced. They wouldn't have a face if they weren't two-faced. So bottom line is what they want you to do, don't worry about $5 a gallon gas. And I think it's going to six, seven and $8 a gallon. Don't worry about that buy an electric car, right? And if you don't like that, then just tell them, well, you know what to tell them. You know, tell them to pound sand, tell them to go to you know where because they're not looking out for you. And they're not looking out for you on, frankly, on any front. They're not looking out for the American people generally. They're not like most Americans. This week, we saw a crazy person, leftist, show up at Justice Kavanaugh's house and want to kill Justice Kavanaugh, was arrested for attempted murder, showed up with a weapon and other tools to allow him to break into the house. And the left, well, they are making nothing of it. This was the 38th story the next day on the New York Times webpage. Literally, there were 37 stories above this. It's pretty extraordinary. They're trying to bury it. Why? Because the person is a leftist. Because the person wanted to kill Kavanaugh because of the potential Roe versus Wade ruling in the Boggs case, right? That's why. Because he was worried. This is really interesting. He was worried that they would further loosen the Second Amendment, allow more people to own guns. So he's going to buy a gun, take that gun, go to Washington, D.C. and try to kill Brett Kavanaugh to do what? I don't know. To get famous, to change the course of history. To be fair, all this uh, potential killer was doing is what the left is promoting that should be done. Go to their houses, protest, threaten, make them feel insecure, dox them, put their addresses online. Justice Kavanaugh was doxed. That's how people know where his house is. His information was, was posted all over the web uh, by a group primarily called Ruth Sent Us. We don't know if this guy got it from them precisely. It might have been forwarded by somebody else. But I think they were the first to post that information online. So this is what they want. This is what they do. Violence is the way of the left. It has always been the way of the left. Political violence has always been the way of the left. As far back as it goes, the Ku Klux Klan was an invention. It was the military arm of the Democrat Party to pressure, intimidate, and murder black people in this country to keep them from voting in the South. That's what it was for. Political violence has always been the way of the left. The weather underground in the 1960s and 1970s. Political violence is the way of the left. It always leads to people getting killed. 
It's not peaceful. They talk about peaceful protests. There's nothing peaceful, frankly, about protesting outside the House of a justice of the United States Supreme Court. When you're talking about a mini revolution, Chuck Schumer said that Kavanaugh was going to reap the whirlwind and he was not going to believe what he was not going to believe what would hit him. Right. So they're using incendiary language language. You, you have Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, the I was going to say the worst mayor in the United States. It's hard to say who's the worst mayor in the United States. There are so many bad Democrat mayors in the United States. Lori Lightfoot said it was a call to arms. I, You know, I remember in the old days when Sarah Palin put targets on congressional districts. That was beyond the pale. Now they're actually saying a call to arms, which means a call to arms, right? I, I mean, literally, that's what it means. And that's what they're talking about. So this is what the left is all about. They're also, it's not just about SCOTUS, they're firebombing pregnancy centers, pregnancy crisis center. You know what a pregnancy crisis center is? It's a place where a woman can go if she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do. And she can get guidance and hopefully they're going to help that woman keep the baby or give the baby up for adoption or something that is not murdering a baby. Why would you firebomb a place like that? That makes no sense to me. But Dems like this, this is what they're doing. So they're firebombing pregnancy crisis centers. They're attempting to kill a sitting justice of the United States Supreme Court. I saw a tweet from a major figure on the left who said, you know, just a thought experiment. Like if you were terminally ill and you had the opportunity to kill Scully, or sorry, uh, Thomas and uh, Alito, is that a good idea? And this is crazy. This is going to motivate this kind of stuff. And this is what they're doing it. This is what they're doing. So there's tons of crisis and they're going to continue to voice crisis on us because they're going to try to use this to influence an election. They're talking about gun control, right? About red flag laws, <coughs> excuse me, about doing away with ARs. None of this stuff is going to prevent what happened in Uvalde or in any of these other places. They don't want to talk about the real solutions. The solutions like what most Americans believe we should do, which is arm teachers and administrators who want to be armed. That's a real solution. Secure the schools, put in automatically locking doors, put up fences around the schools, have one point of access to the schools. All of this should be done. We can give $40 billion to Ukraine, but we can't secure our schools. That doesn't make any sense. In Israel, they secure their schools. We know how to do that. The left doesn't want to talk about it because that's actually a solution to the problem. They don't want to solve the problem. They want to use a problem, the problem of school shootings for political advantage. And so... They're going to continue to foment one crisis after another. Apparently this week we had the January 6th reality television show. You know, I find this ironic. Irony is lost on the left. And the irony of this is they laugh at President Trump. They mock President Trump for being a reality TV star before he became the president. And now they hire an ABC producer to create a reality TV show out of Congress. Congress itself is now a reality TV show, thanks to the Democrats. It's outrageous. It's not going to change anything. Look, if you don't care about January 6th, when I think it was bad that people broke into the Capitol. I think what happened afterwards, well, the way they're treating the people from January 6th is much worse. Detentions without uh, you know, people in solitary confinement, detentions awaiting trial for people who aren't a threat. Uh, we just saw an arrest of a gubernatorial candidate in Michigan on four misdemeanor accounts. The FBI raided his house. Coincidence? I mean, this was the night of the January 6th reality television show. He is the biggest challenger to Michigan's Governor Whitmer. This is what they're going to do. It's going to be one crisis after another. Now, there is actually a real crisis that's hitting the markets right now. 
this is might be the pinnacle. Like if you're like me and you love spicy food, this could be the pinnacle crisis. Sriracha has been hit hard by the supply chain crisis. So this is an Asian spice, a red pepper spice. They're having trouble getting the red peppers. It's also affecting what's called sambal alik, which is another uh, spice made by or another spicy concoction made by the company that makes the most of this anybody in the world. They're saying if you placed an order after April 12th, don't expect those orders until the fall. I mean, this is incredible what's going on all over the country. And I'm just going to say, if you like spicy Asian food like I do, now we're talking a real crisis. And it leads into the next story, which is, it seems to me that actual real food shortages are coming. Now, I don't want to cause people to panic, and I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff. And Patty and I stockpile food anyway, long-term food and, and shorter-term food. So we've always got plenty of food and food resources. But what's interesting is as I've traveled around the country over the last few weeks, I'm hearing from people who are farmers. I'm hearing people from people who are truckers who serve the farming industry that there is a genuine food shortage coming to the United States of America. Farmers are struggling to get fertilizers. They're struggling to get trucks. They're having trouble paying for the fuel for their equipment. They're saying what I'm hearing over and over is food shortages, serious food shortages by August. So I recommend stock up on canned food, rice and beans, uh, long-term food prep. You can get on Amazon or any other place like that. I have a bunch of different brands that I buy. So just make sure you have some stock up because you don't want to get caught unprepared. And then something that's harder to prepare for, it sounds like, and I'm hearing regular talk of, blackouts coming this summer. Rolling power blackouts coming this summer to a city or state near you. How's that make you feel? Where in God's name are we living? Is this some third world hellhole, an S-hole as Donald Trump called it? Or are we living in the United States of America? We can't produce enough power. Gas is over five bucks a gallon. We're going to have food shortages, it looks like. We can't get baby formula for the babies out in the country. And this is outrageous stuff. And this is at the hands of a single incompetent administration. So I want you to think back a couple of years ago, how were things, right? How were things pre-pandemic? And even as we started to come out of the pandemic, it looked like Joe Biden had it made. He was going to have an easy, an easy skate. The economy was going to recover. All the stuff was going to happen, but no. You know, Barack Obama famously said, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. I don't, I don't think I could say it better than that. Can you say it better than that? We'll just we'll rely on, Ob on Obama to tell us. Now we have the O'Biden administration. It's pretty much the same thing on steroids. It is Obama's third term. It's a disaster. And you and me and our kids are going to pay for that disaster. All right, but remember, it's going to lead to an election landslide. I think if they don't cheat their way out of it, don't get cocky. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. What's going on with COS in the last week? It's been crazy. I've been all over the country. I've been in Maryland. I've been in Delaware. I've been in New Jersey. I've been in Pennsylvania. Now I'm back here in Texas. It's been a lot of travel and very little sleep. In Delaware, we had the biggest rally at a state capitol that we've ever had in Delaware. There were, I think it was our first one at the state capitol. We had over 125 people at the rally in Dover, Delaware. I'd never been to that capitol before. Man, it's beautiful. It's classically just colonial period state capitol. No big dome, nothing like that. It looks like something out of the colonial period because it is. It's super cool. If you've never been there and you happen to get to Dover, Delaware, I recommend you stop in and check it out. 
great patriots on the ground there. I'm so proud of those guys. To get 125 people to show up at the state capitol in the blazing heat on a weekday on their first rally ever, that's a great turnout. And when I was there and I told them that, I think they thought I was kidding. I'm not kidding. That was a wonderful turnout. I was in Maryland before that. I was out in the countryside in Southern Maryland at the old tobacco barn on a farm. We had a real just kind of country rally. It was fantastic. I think there were about 180 people there. Again, another state that you would think of as a Northern blue state. Do people actually pay attention? Are people actually working? 180 people roughly out there for that one. Love our Maryland team doing a fantastic job. These are small blue states doing an incredible job with convention estates. Went to New Jersey this week. Man, New Jersey's always good. I got to say, I met in a church in New Egypt, New Jersey. Great pastor, great church, beautiful place. Again, kind of out in the countryside, outside the city. We packed that place. I think there are 120, 140 people there. Really great presentation. What I love the most about the New Jersey presentation is we had a panel of four activists. They were interviewed by one of our state directors. And what you got at was the heart of the matter. People talking about why they love COS, why they do COS, what attracted them to COS. And what you heard over and over is it's a family. And it really is a family. And if you're not participating, if you haven't volunteered yet, I get it. You probably don't, you don't know that. You don't, you can't really get it, to be honest with you. You know, if you go to work at Walmart, they'll hand you a little name tag with your name on it and put it on and they'll say, welcome to the Walmart family. I'm not sure that's not just a dysfunctional family, but in this case, we really do have a convention of states family. And I hear that over and over. It's one of the things that makes me happiest, most proud is to hear how much the teams love each other, how much they like spending time together, how much they like working together. That's what it's going to take to save the nation. We have to pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to each other. We do it to each other like that. We build this family. That's what's going to make Convention of States work. And then last night, I was in Pennsylvania. I was actually in a place called Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Okay, if you didn't catch that, it's called Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Okay, I never knew there was such a place as Plymouth Meeting. And I said on my calendar, Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. And I thought that means that I had a meeting in a town called Plymouth, Pennsylvania. So we made all our travel arrangements around that. Apparently, there is a town called Plymouth. It's near Scranton, PA. And then somebody told me, Mark, well, it might have been Rick Santorum, you're an idiot, Mark, because really, Plymouth Meeting is a place. When we looked at it, it was much closer to Philly. So yesterday, I flew into Philly, spent the day in Philly, drove out to Plymouth Meeting, had a great meeting in a church there. It's called Church on the Mall. Really cool. I've never seen a church in a mall. It actually is in a mall on the backside of a mall. A great church, great people, great reverend there that lent us her church and closed us out in prayer. Met some wonderful patriots. Barb, who is 99 years old, I think, and she's been with us forever since the beginning. Just a wonderful patriot. The team there is incredibly strong. They're very focused on building a family. I loved it. And I came skidding in late. I was struggling with the traffic. They were very tolerant of me. We had a great time. I stayed until, gosh, I think 10, 10, 15, drove back to the airport, and then had to be on a flight at four this morning. So it's been a little crazy. So if I seem maybe not as fresh or clear as I usually do, I'm not even saying I normally sound fresh or clear, but I don't know. If you have a criticism of me tonight, then just chalk it up to me being tired. It's an excuse, right? So I'm tired. So leave me be. Anyway, I think that's all we got for this week. Oh, wait, I got questions. 
Sorry, producer G's almost blew it. I didn't go to questions. The Q&A this week, Kathy Schwartz asked, why did the Fed send more money to other countries and put the burden of the world on the backs of U.S. taxpayers? I think this is a good question. I think we had to look at the money that we give to other countries and determine, should we even be doing this any longer? I think it's a reasonable question. Sometimes we do it for political purposes, but I think, we, Kathy, we should always be reevaluating that. Uh, Walter Telly says, how do you change things when elections are corrupt? Walter, I think it's hard. I think what you have to do is volunteer to become a poll worker, an election judge, a precinct captain, so that you can be involved in elections. And there's still time to do that in a lot of places. So get involved, watch the elections, make sure you're involved. Norlean Snell says, why are folks like Joanna Martin so afraid of the Constitution? But Joanna Martin, some of you might know her as Publius Hulda. She's just a nut job. I mean, I'm going to say it straight up. She thinks that somehow we've invented some new constitution that is the concoction of George Bush and the former president of Mexico and, and the president of Canada. And we're going to create a North American constitution. I mean, this is what she says, literally. So this is a lunatic person. And go look her up on Ballotpedia. What you'll see is that she's married to a guy that helped to keep a white supremacist on the lam after he killed a Jewish talk show host. That's who she was. By the way, she wasn't married to him before he did that. She met him while he was in prison and married him while he was in prison. I, my understanding has helped him with his divorce. So generally speaking, when I've got people who are associated, like actually really genuinely associated with white supremacy and white supremacists, I'm not really interested in what they have to say. And on top of that, she's just a nut job. She's not just afraid of the Constitution. She's just crazy. Wilma Evans says, is Pennsylvania part of the Convention of States? Wilma, we're on the march in Pennsylvania. I think it looks good. We have leadership support in both houses, of course. Now we have Rick Santorum as one of our senior advisors. Having Rick, former senator from Pennsylvania, with us really helps in Pennsylvania. So I think we got a good shot at getting Pennsylvania done this year. All right, now that actually does it. That's the end of the battle cry for the week. I appreciate you guys. Love you. Thanks for being with us on The Battle Cry. And we will see you next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.